Welcome to Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, the United States of America. And of course, good morning to the world. How are all my... Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Peeps doing. I trust everybody's doing fine. You know why we will do fine? We will be doing fine because you are in charge. But you know what? Before we get started, without further ado, let's go into the control room with our resident geniuses. They don't like to accept it, but they are our resident geniuses who ensure we make it to the air. Good morning, Jack Van Bever. Good morning, Howard Reynolds or Howard Reynolds, Jack Van Bever. How have my peeps doing? Oh, well, let's see. We're okay. <laughs> Okay. The 10K is holding up this morning. They're Ever since we switched over to those Campbell soup cans, I mean, we've had a lot, lot better quality. Yeah, that's because, like, that, you know, you only get the quality when the geniuses are involved, sir. Well, we don't know about that, but we do know that Jack <laughs> has some wisdom for us this morning. So go ahead. Brother Jack. Good morning, Egberto. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this morning? Okay, I got I got two little little things. Uh, first, um, serenity isn't freedom from the storm; it's peace within the storm. Mm. And uh, you know, yesterday yesterday the story that you shared about your father, you know, just illustrates, uh, you know, the wickedness of the healthcare system. You mm-hmm. know, a father who passes after receiving a highly lucrative chemo treatments that were counterproductive and pushed by the doctors for prostate cancer demonstrates how the healthcare system preys on its victims. Yes. yes. Rats. Yeah. <laughs> that was, <laughs> I always hear him in the background say that right after your piece. That is those, great. Rats. those rats, those rats, you know, what can I say? Those rats, but you know, folks, Hey, thank you for always the wise words. Thank you for always the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom. Anyway, folks, uh, welcome to politics and right. And look, we've got a great show. Today is Thursday. And you know what that means? It means we have our good friend, our local activist, the one and only Neil. And I'm going to say it right. Neil Aquino. And I didn't have to make the mistake the first time this time. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing well, please, Egberto. I'm very, very appreciative to be with you and, 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 and your great audience this morning. Well, look, uh, we are always appreciative of the work that you do. So let me tell you, folks, the title is Neil Aquino on Whitmire and more. Congress letting child care expire strikes and evil GOP. Actually, I should have said budget. Shouldn't have said Congress. Should have said budget because there are a few good Republicans that I like in Congress. I just wish they'll speak up. I just wish they'll speak up. Let me just say before I get into the uh, the subtitle is that, look, I think I am one who believes 
we don't only need a Democratic Party. We also need a strong Republican Party. Actually, I believe we need a whole lot of parties so that we get the best ideas, so that we can get the best things out there. Not, nobody has all the answers. And when anybody thinks they have all the answers, things get stale. Things People start to lose their edge. So I want a good, responsible Republican Party. I want a good, responsible Democratic Party. And I would like more parties because the truth of the matter is my philosophy belongs in neither of the current parties. I just have to caucus with the one that is closest to what my personal beliefs are right now. And Neil has his own purpose. His own. Neil, exa- I, what, where would you fall if you were to decide that you wanted to form your own party if it, these two don't fit? Well, I have, I have wished that we lived in more a, a parliamentary system. Um, um, that that's that's a great question. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how I would define it, except saying I, I wish there were more options, and I wish that at this point in my life, in my mid fifties, I Hello, didn't Egberto. have to. I really yes. hate to interrupt your program. Yes, no problem. Uh, Neil is not coming through on your side. Okay, well, I, I I am glad you told me that, and I'm glad you told me that now because. Uh, Neil has a whole lot to say, and I think I know exactly why Neil is not coming over. And it's Mia culpa uh, on this one system without a producer in this this particular control room. Guess what oh. it means? It means that I have to remember to do every click. And Neil, if you would say hello to your audience right now, we'll hear. Good morning, hear politics that right audience across go. the earth. Here we go. Folks, let me tell you something. That is why we have a great camaraderie, a great system here with everybody helping out everybody to get you a true live program of the people. Anyway, Neil, uh, yeah, so as, as I was mentioning before and as you mentioned, you don't know where you would be uh, as far you would prefer a parliamentary system, as you said before. Right. Yes, it would be great to more have more options, and it would be um, sometimes the, the thought of more options is so is so alien. I I can't even answer the question spot off. <laughs> it seems unbelievable. And I wish that I I wish I wasn't just forced uh, um, to be with a party. Of course, I share I share I share many of the beliefs, but because I'm afraid that we're just not going to have free elections in a democracy, and it's it's regretful that we've been moved to the point where we're just fearful on this most most basic level. Absolutely. So anyway, folks, let me tell you, um, this, the ti- let me do the title again. Neil Aquino on Whitmire, Congress letting child care expire, strikes an evil GOP Congress. Neil Aquino discusses John Whitmire's dismissal of civil rights concerns, steaming with authoritarians. And it sounds kind of rough, but Neil's going to put that into perspective. Congress is allowing child care expiration. Uh, before the show, I was discussing with, with uh, Neil the implications of, of what's going to occur right after January 30th with children, and the GOP is pushing astronomical cuts. It's likely we're not going to get to but two or three of these subjects, especially when you call in. I'd like you to give us a call at 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Please do not wait till the end of the show to call because I want to entertain fruitfully what you have to say what you want to tell us and what you want to ask us. 
1-800-526-5738. Do remember, this is your show. And you, even as we have the subjects of the program, you can always call in and change the subject of the program in general. Likewise, um, you can always go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter for all the videos, et cetera, that we, are, uh, that we had programmed for the show on any particular given day. And we have all the back back uh, back shows, everything you can you can get to 713-526-5738. Now, Neil, let's start. I, I want to get your particular subject in the first one on Whitmire in because uh, I want our our local audience to hear that and our national and international audience to actually see the kinds of things that happen in this Harris County, this city that is actually considered a bellwether throughout the country. So let's have it. Right. So I, um, I was attending as part of my Houston Democracy Project, the Houston Democracy Project, uh, intending to inspire, strengthen, and organize pro-democracy coalitions. And there's a website. You can Google Houston Democracy Project, neilaquino.com, Houston Democracy Project, to, to, to participate and, and view the site. So I attended the Meyerland Area Democrats meeting um, this past, uh, just two nights ago, and it was a forum for the mayoral candidate of Houston, Senator, State Senator John Whitmire. And Senator Whitmire was asked a number of questions by the moderator, a local attorney named Noah Horowitz, right up front. And it was good to see it up front about his close relationships with Republicans, such as Dan Patrick, the far right uh, state governor. And one of the things that, um, that Senator Whitmire was asked was about his support of Texas Department of Public Safety um, police troops, troopers patrolling the streets of Houston. So this is something that had been done in Dallas recently, um, excuse me, Austin, in Austin recently, where the mayor, another older, longtime state senator, Kirk Watson, initially wanted them there or agreed with Governor Abbott that the troops could come to patrol the streets. But then when Mayor Watson, a longtime figure in Austin, um, said, no, we don't want them anymore after some uh, allegations of civil rights violations and over patrolling of black and Latino neighborhoods, Governor Abbott wouldn't remove them. Governor Abbott wouldn't remove them. And so what Senator Whitmire said was that the people here in Houston who had concerns about these state troopers patrolling the streets, he said they were just part of the defund the police crowd. He just reflexively um, and, you know, people have different attitudes about the police and you, you may well support defunding the police. But he he was using it as an insult. And here's this man, a Democrat, 49 years in the state legislature, if you can believe it. And rather than acknowledging that people might have legitimate civil rights concerns, that the state government that's banning books, attacking trans people, uh, questioning elections, trying to undo elections, putting razor wire at the border. Um, for children uh, to go through, rather than saying, hey, I get that you might have a civil rights concern about Greg Abbott, Dan Patrick, and Ken Paxton's troopers here in Houston, the most diverse city in America. No, you're just some part of some radical subset. I can just dismiss you. And by extrapolation, he was calling his lead opponent for mayor of Houston, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, a defund the police advocate which uh, for better or worse, she has she has not been. So it was disturbing 
um, on a number of levels. It was the kind of inferences, hey, it's these people. And, and then your your legitimate civil rights concerns in this great big democratic voting diverse city are, are just to be mocked rather than you just you don't want. You don't want Texas state troops. Uh, that is upsetting because, uh, you know, it, it's bad enough that. Uh, Republicans are miss and welcome aboard Melanie Keelan. Welcome aboard uh, Eric Hayes on the chat. Melanie is in Barcelona, Spain. Eric Hayes is in Kingwood. Um, let let me uh, say that um, it's upsetting in in that m- these people understand defund the. P- uh, first of all, I'm gonna I tell all my activists. Period. That uh, I think the moniker defund the police. I understand exactly what it means, but it opened itself up to misrepresentation the way they said it, especially knowing who your opponent is. So I always had an issue with the, I, I want, I support it, what they're saying, but the issue is, you know how it was going to turn out. But for those who don't know, defund the police simply means take money out of overt police uh, some money out of the racist policing uh over community policing and put it into psychologists put it into uh, people who take care of uh whenever uh, instead of sending a cop to a domestic disturbance you send somebody who can handle it you don't turn cops into social workers so therefore instead of have instead of militarizing the police force what you do is you take you you take some of the money use it use for for this episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Over-policing, and you put it into resources that makes the community better. That is exactly what it means. If you read the documents on the issue, you would find that out. If you are a community who is over-policed, if you are a community who the, the, the police really does wrong by said community, empathy would tell you, you should listen to that community in what they're asking for. Communities where there is a lot of violence, people want police officers to come and do their jobs. They just don't want the innocent ones in that community to be harmed. I, myself, I am very uh, concerned whenever a police is next to me, irrespective of who that police is, because I understand how many officers, not all, but, in, in, but definitely a large percentage, view the value of my life. Uh, people can accept that or not, but that is the way I feel. That's the way many people feel. That's the way. And it's great to see our brother, Neil Aquino, and many others are out there in the fight. Now, when you have a mayor like Whitmire, or rather, somebody who's running for mayor like Whitmire, make believe that he doesn't understand what that mm-hmm. means. And then he also uses it as a pejorative then that is not the type of mayor that Houston should have. Houston should have a mayor that supports all communities and doesn't demean any community within that community. Neil, I, I just you just kind of blood boiled my blood there for a second. 
Yeah, that's great the way he actually makes believe he doesn't understand because that's been his whole theme. He has he has consistently been hit by his relationships with authoritarians uh, and vote deniers. Um, and he makes it so like the Lieutenant Governor Patrick, um, many of his colleagues in the state Senate, Republican colleagues. And he's like, you're not going to criticize me for being bipartisan. Well, he's not he's not being reflexively criticized for being bipartisan. He's being reflexively he's being criticized fairly because he's hanging out with people who would take our most basic rights. And he doesn't ask them, at least as a as a condition of interacting with them. Hey, will you at least expect respect election results? So we, we've been as so to your earlier conversation of, you know, where where would we fall or. Uh, in a parliamentary or multi-party system, what options do we do we have here in Houston? We're being asked to embrace a vision of the Democratic Party, which doesn't even ask the most basic question of some of the Republicans, whether it's city council, county, or state legislative level. Of do you support even the most basic freedom? of of respecting election results and respecting democracy? You know, and if you were. Uh, if, if you watch his commercials, right, and I am surprised that no, the only opponent that I see with a commercial recently on, with an ad on TV is Garcia. Uh, I haven't seen ads of anybody else on, on any of our networks. And, you know, I, I think I, I think uh, if you take a look at the modal uh, or, or the form in which uh, Whitmer has placed his ads, it seems like he is, in fact, using the same type of people who make Republican commercials. I find it ironic uh, because, again, it's first touch your heart with things you don't believe because you can't go ahead and tell me I grew up very poor. I grew up in these neighborhoods, etc. You put a whole lot of people of color on your ads and then you go to a meeting like uh, uh, which which Democratic meeting was he at? This was the Meyerland Area Democratic Club, a historically Jewish part town, very democratic part of you town. see, and they uh, so uh, and try to uh, try to assert their fears because that part I know the club, I even know the person who runs the club. Right. But what what they do is, if you take a look at it, this law and order thing, they want one to believe that crime. It look crime has gone up. Uh, there's no doubt about that. But we can give some socioeconomic reasons why crime has gone up. We know that, but to make people believe that when they step out of their home, they're in danger. That is so far from the reality. There's a piece that Fox News did in Seattle. Seattle is one of the places where crime went up by a large percentage. But of course, if you're starting from a very, very small amount of crime, it's not hard to double the crime rate. And that sounds crazy. Oh, the crime rate has doubled. Instead of two people getting killed, four did. In a, in a, place, in a metropolitan area of X million people. I'm just I'm, I'm not trying to di diminish crime at all, folks. I'm trying to say be careful of how people spin things and how they scare you. So as they they create policies that harm not only you, but many of your brothers and sisters. And that is what we have to keep away. Uh, Whitmire, if you take a look at his ads and, he, and these other features, you ought to be concerned about the kind of mayor when that kind of a deception shows up in these ads, including make stating that you have the support of people that didn't support you. Go ahead, Neil. Right. And a lot of the, so you referenced Gilbert Garcia. I saw his ads last night and it was kind of like you're describing here. You, 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 it was something out of death wish 
remember if, if uh, I'm dating myself, but Charles Bronson would go out right. on the street of New York and try to mug him, right? And um, so this crime narrative, they keep using this crime narrative, but the tough on crime crew, uh, the law enforcement unions and and some of the groups that say they're, they're self-appointed uh, crime watchdogs, they don't have a word to say about our lawless attorney general. Um, they don't have a word to say when our county district attorney is, is accused in the newspaper, Kim Og, of using her office politically motivated. They don't have a word to say when the leading Republican presidential nominee, and it is a local matter, um, says we're going to hang the generals or we're going to shut down media outlets. So it, um, if there was a consistent emphasis on law and order and rightful conduct, you might say, okay, they have these further right views on crime. I don't agree, but but they're consistent. Hear, they they criminalize our people. They criminalize. We're essentially criminalized for living in a multiracial or diverse community. There's all sorts of inferences in what they're saying, and then they don't call out white supremacist or authoritarian or anti-democratic behavior um, from people super powerful. So just imagine a city, and we'd love to hear the callers talking about the city uh, city elections and, 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 and all of it. Just imagine um, a city of Houston run by Whitmire and the police unions, and then our An county Og. district yeah. Tim Ogg. It, 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 it is no it, it's it's uh, it, when we talk about democratic in name only or progressive in name only that is exactly what you would get so let me tell you to my uh to, to the listeners out here of houston houston harris county houston austin travis county el paso uh tarrant uh, county dallas counties let me tell you something folks there are very few uh, few pockets of freedom in Texas. Don't be conned. Don't get conned into seeding them to autocrats. Don't get conned into seeding them uh, to people who will hurt your fellow brothers and sisters in several neighborhoods in these areas. Uh, so, uh, uh, Neil, I'm glad that we brought this subject up. Uh, on on Whitmire, on his refusal to uh, to come out and give accurate information, and, and even Garcia as well, accurate information on crime, accurate information on policing, accurate information, and also as they you know remember uh, they used to tell uh, talk about palling around, and as you pal around with autocrats. If you're piling around with autocrats before you got elected, again, right. if you're piling around with autocrats before you get elected, what can we expect when you get elected? What can we expect as far as providing policing and servicing to your community at that point in time? Citizens of Houston, citizens of Harris County, citizens all over, don't be conned as too often we are in this entire country for electing those who really serve the few and us. But anyway, I, I want to change subjects a bit here. Uh, on January 30th, something big happens and enough people are not speaking about it, but it's going to affect a whole lot of our brothers and sisters, a whole lot of working people, specifically a lot of 
working women. And I prepared a rant for that um, last night. Actually, for the program, I think I did it as well on my three o'clock program. But I want you to listen to this. It's about uh, eight minutes long or so. And after that, I want to hear your call, 713-526-5738, on whatever issue, either what Neil spoke about, what I'm talking about, or what you want to talk about, 713-526-5738. Please don't wait till the end of the show. This is going about eight minutes starting right this minute. You know, I heard Joe Biden say one time, show me your budget and I'll show you your values. Again, show me your budget and I'll show you your values. I'm going to expand on that. Show me what you are willing to spend on. Show me what you are willing to tax for. And I'll tell you how much you care about families. I'll tell you how much you care about family values and how much you care about humanity. Well, we are in that position right now. And, you know, it's something that we alluded to a few months ago, a few weeks ago. It turns out that at the end of this month, the subsidies that were given, uh, it was written under the COVID plan. COVID was used, the, the COVID pandemic was ultimately used to do a lot of experiments that we couldn't otherwise get Congress to pass because, again, they never are proactive, specifically the right side of the aisle is never proactive enough to say, let's do what's best for our citizens. Let's do what's best for our families. So they are never prepared to do it. But COVID came along and yes, we spent trillions and we could see in spending those trillions programs that worked and programs that didn't. What we found out is investing in children could ameliorate poverty, could get rid of poverty. It could get it could bring poverty all the way down. Now that we didn't reinstitute many of the policies that prevented child poverty over the last year when they expired, child poverty went all the way back up now. We have something else that's expiring. The subsidies in at the end of this month that go towards uh, programs that hold help kids that uh, child care while the parents are at work. That sort of a thing. Seventy thousand care programs are going to shut down, affecting over three million kids. But that's not all, because in affecting the kids, you will affect. The parents. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Is that it's the end at the end of the month of the pandemic era funding for child care. What was that and what will happen when it expires? Look, this was part of the American Rescue Plan, Katie, and we covered it at the time, a way to help the pretty floundering child care system in the U.S. at least have some foundation for support financially. Those benefits are now set to expire. And look, it comes at a time when moms are finally rebounding to their pre-pandemic workforce rates. That's a good thing. But you and I both know when moms don't have child care, generally that means that they have to scale back or pull out of 
the workforce in order to sacrifice that paid labor for the unpaid labor of being at home. This is an age old issue. And it's a reminder that even though this isn't directly at play in this larger spending battle, when you're constantly fighting crises here on Capitol Hill, it makes actual proactive legislating really hard or basically impossible. And so on this one, the fact that they are looking elsewhere means that they can't push forward on continuing to expand this. And this could have really dire consequences for a child care industry that is so essential and also so starved for resources already. Listen, if you can't put your kids in child care, you can't do anything else. It's not like you can go to work with your toddler or your or your yeah. newborn. It just it doesn't work that way in this country. So it is extremely important. So what does that mean? It means now, remember how our employment went way, our unemployment way, way, way down. You know why? People could go to work. Why could people go to work? Because they had child care. Child care that otherwise, given the, the meager salaries that they receive, wouldn't be enough. But because of government subsidies, good government, what it meant is that people that would otherwise have to stay home could now go to work. And in going to work, we got new taxpayers. And not only do we get new taxpayers because they have an income, that money flows right back into the economy. So it's more than just getting taxpayer. It's increasing economic activity that is warranted by that. By that. Remember, the powers that be thought we would be in a recession by now because they believe in supply side economics. And if we did all of this, somehow we would be back in a recession. But to the chagrin of all these, these supposedly uh, preeminent economists, right wing economists, supply side economists, the recession never came. The recession never came because we gave money to the people who needed it, would spend it and would work. That's why the recession never came. It wasn't magical. It was because we got away from supply side economics for the duration of the COVID pandemic and went into Keynesian economics with a touch of what again? MRT, MMT. That is what did it. We knew it would work. It's not like many, uh, many of our left wing economists didn't explain the reason why this stuff works. Now, people are going to say, yes, but look at what happened to inflation. Well, the inflation was caused again by a capitalist corporate evil that these guys saw that people have money in their pockets. So they will throw the prices to meet the money. But we could have regulated that as well. So now at the end of this month, what happens at the end of this month in a few days? We're September 2023. A lot of families will be looking for places to put their kids that they can afford. And most of these people won't be able to afford it. Most of these people, the gains that they thought they've made with the new jobs that they've had will no longer be there. And we will be regressing right back into the evil form of tax cuts, hurt the middle class, hurt the poor. That folks cannot see that, that the mainstream media hasn't uh, hasn't made the narrative in the form that I'm saying right now, that I'm putting out right there. We prove COVID gave us the ability to spend and prove 
that Keynesian economics along with MMT works. We proved it. Poverty went down, no recession, economic activity, and the only thing that we needed to then mitigate was the greed, the evil, the, the simply mitigated gall of those who run our corporations. The answers are there in the numbers. The answers are there in the numbers if we choose to look at it. Family values, my you know what. Come on, folks. Come on, politicians. Speak the truth. Come on, media. Speak the truth. Let's do what we know is right to the families of America. Anyway, so yeah, that's, that, that one really got me. Donald is on line number one. Come on in, Donald. And don't forget, folks, give us a call at 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Donald is our first caller. I hope to get much more of you because, like I said, I like when the control of the program is yours. We've given you two important subjects. We have more, but you can always go to the newsletter if you want to change the subjects right now. Come on in, Donald. Talk to me. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Your guest. Oh, okay. He's able to dodge thrown objects, hold his breath as the black soot settles, and actually get HPD to do their job. It's protest man. <laughs> uh, oh, you know, uh, talk to me. How are, you uh, are you talking? Are you talking about Neil Aquino? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's uh, what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Neil. Uh, respond. Respond to your fan. Very, very kind. Very kind. I, I, I appreciate the kind words, and and and, and working together will will uh, you know we we protest at the corner corner to inspire other people to act as well, and I'm very appreciative of 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 the acknowledgement this morning. Donald. Okay. One other thing. Yes, sir. You talked about ahead. rats. Yes. How many, you realize how many rats are on a ship when it's sinking? And the people on the Titanic could tell you the ones as they were floating in the water <laughs> with the rats, how many were in the boat. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Donald, you always have something insightful and funny to say. Thank you so kindly for calling in, brother Donald. Anyway, folks, Those seven rats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, that's it. I got you, bro. Take care. 713-526-573. Folks, please don't wait till the end. You hear me trying to rush you guys at the end because you wait till the end of the program to call in. Call in now. 713-526-5738. Extension number two gets you on air right away. Extension number two gets you on air right away. Neil, did you have a second subject to uh, to, to talk to us about? I do. And let me just also say, based on what you said, um, Axios Houston reported uh, last July that the average cost of toddler care in Texas is $8,700 a year. That's 28% of the medium income for single mothers. Um, and home-based care is an average of $7,900 um, a year for, for toddler costs. So just like you said at the very end, because it's what I was thinking the whole time, they talk about family values, but that seems to involve, you know, banning a book because it might teach a kid to be kind or might teach him that there was slavery. Um, and that's their conception of family values. And these these costs, uh, nearly 67% of Houston children under six are in households where uh, both all the parents, whether that be a single parent or multi-parent household, work. 
So uh, it, th- those are those are some of the costs, and they are high, and we we don't address it. We talk about banning books or or, or scare the hell out of parents. Uh, it is sad. Yeah, it's, it is completely sad. sad. We got some more calls. Let's go to Johnny on line number one. Come on in, Johnny. Well, if TYT can have epic politics, man, then KPFT can have protest, man. And by the way, we'll get your big red cape or blue cape with the red uh, insignia that says PM, uh, politics, man. How, how's about that? I love that. I love that. I love that. Hey, politics, man. <laughs> Anyway, Johnny, what's up? Okay. Protest man, I mean. Protest. Protest man, yeah. protest man. Yeah. Talk to me, Johnny. Okay, so we have a tremendous amount of waste in this country, as you already know, because of the way we practice our economy, unfettered, underregulated, mercenary style capitalism, which leads to all kinds of wastage. And the kind of wastage I'm talking about is people, people power. We have a tremendous resource, young people, grade school and high school kids. And and how do we meet the needs of, of what they need? They need experience. They need credits. They can serve a part of their time in, in the week. They can go to their local grade school and report to the cafeteria, a cafeteria, let's say. And there's an area within the cafeteria where there are children three years and older who are there who need to be minded and talked to and and uh, guided or all kinds of fun activities. And there will be an adult uh, or two adult supervisors there who are social workers. Uh, we don't have to build extra buildings, extra schools, or extra child care centers because the child care center industry is profit-oriented. That's the problem. You know, I mean, wait, wait, Johnny, stop, stop, stop. I mean, you are a genius. I've been calling so many people geniuses these days because the, the truth of the matter is the American people if you leave it up to what what we in this social structure wants, we can get solutions. I don't know if you understand the 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 the, the, in, the intellect that went into what you just said. Let me summarize a bit here. We already have buildings where kids are going to school. We don't have to build another building and hire a whole lot of other people to make a corporation a lot of money to hold on to kids where the parents have to then take their kids. We can use what have already been built, our schools, by us, we the people, and we can put public folks in their paid to go ahead and take care of the kids, child care, etc., as parents go to school. Ingenious! We don't even have to create more capital buildings and all these kinds of things. Johnny, yes, absolutely. There are solutions if we are willing to get out of the for-profit domain and use the things that we've already paid for and built. Very good concept, sir. Continue. That is the power of socialism. So maybe I'm not Mayor McCheese anymore. Maybe I'm socialist man. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. Let's not give it a label. Let's call it a smart use of all of our resources. Remember, you start labeling this stuff and folks are going, right, listen, we want free enterprise and we want great social safety net. That's all we need to say. No labels necessary. Anyway, Johnny, I need to go to another caller. Tell me something real quick so I can move on. Whether or not we like it, we do deal in labels, and we need to take that back and put the other side on the defensive with language. And there you, you and go. I are the Thank you, brother. I, I, you nailed it. All right, Lynette, come on in. 
Hey, Egberto, thank you so much for the work that you do. Just wanted to say thank you for breaking down why we avoided recession. And finally, somebody has the numbers as to how now we should have the numbers of how to help us all not to be in poverty because we know what it takes and America can do that. And so if somebody can calculate that because we were able to come out of a recession and not have a recession, I know somebody knows they spend so much money on everything else. What is it that we're supposed to be the richest country? Why can't we avoid people being in poverty in the U.S.? Thank you. Yeah, Lynette, don't leave yet. I want to. I have a task for you, Lynette. I have a task. You just heard what we talk about. You understand why things work this way. Now, what we need to do is have all the Lynettes out there putting this message out. It doesn't have to be uh, politics done right. It doesn't have to be KPFT. You are the messenger as well. So please, let's let's stay together, talk together, but let's all be the voices and multiply each of our voices. All right. I totally agree. Great job. Thank you. Thank you, Lynette. All right. Let's go to Samantha. Come on in, Samantha. Uh, Great show today. Thank you very much. Thank you so kindly. Talk to me. I, I just have some comments about uh, the uh, the economy and um, our election year coming up. Uh, I just want to say that you know we're forgetting we're kind of forgetting about uh, uh, our third parties. You know we got all these big wigs running this time: um, mm-hmm. Tim Scott and Doug Burgum and uh, Ron DeSantis. And, and the way that we're going to come in. Um, is is at the third party. We we've got you know the libertarians and we've got the greens and we've got the socialists and they've got a lot going on, especially at the economy. They've got you know emergency job programs that they're trying to work on, um, uh, doing storm cleanup and uh, putting in solar panels and um, stuff for for the climate. And they're they're providing jobs for that you know because we're almost losing our voices behind uh, the Tim Scotts of the world, even Kamala Harris and them. I mean, we don't have a whole lot of, to say anymore. And, and a lot of people are, are scared, being scared to vote. And, uh, you know, but I wanted to just re- remind folks that there there are third parties out there that are struggling mm-hmm. to get seen and heard, but they've got lots of good agendas, you know. Samantha, let me first tell you that you're right, that there are third parties out there. And you're also right that they are not getting the the, the recognition that they deserve, uh, especially some of what they're doing. I mean, we even have like uh, the DSA and many other organizations out there doing some good work. Uh, it was a DSA who went into the inner cities and helped tear down sheetrock during the flood. It wasn't our mayor taking care of all areas equitably at all times. So we had organizations like the DSA going in and doing a whole lot of good work. But let me just say one thing here. Um, I, I, if you heard this program from the beginning, you heard Neil and I speaking about, we wish we had a whole lot more choices because while I caucus with the Democratic Party, and I'm sure Neil does as well, uh, the, the mm-hmm. values that we share are likely with other what another party would represent, which means uh, personally, I'm a hell of a lot more progressive. Personally, I, I believe in a lot of other things. And, and based on how you are sounding, it sounds like it may be closer to where you you're at. Now, that said, all of us have to be very pragmatic in the choices that we make in the way that we deal with elections. I want good third party candidates out there not to make a point, but to win. Again, I want 
when I say we call them third party, I want other parties. I don't even want to call them third parties. I want to say other parties because they are not, you know, you know how people talk about the third world. Hey, I'm from the third world. Uh, Well, you know, we are we're human beings like anybody else. Um, I, I want viable people running the, 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 the other parties have a lot of work to do. We have to convince enough people to vote appropriately, including voting for progressives who are willing to bring, uh, to bring third parties into the fold, because right now it's biased against them. So my, my thing right now is we need to create a hell of a lot more democracy. Uh, we have to be very pragmatic in who we elect to ensure that who we that who ultimately comes in doesn't cause the failure of democracy before we can actually attain real democracy. And that means electing uh, not not being a problem, but being a part of the solution. Neil, you want to add to that? So um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certainly sympathetic to the desire for additional parties, and it's 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 a very rough road at, at this moment. You reference DSA, the local Democratic Socialist of America chapter, and there are such chapters across the country. And what they do is that they endorse uh, Democrats. And that's actually mm-hmm. a subject of dispute in the group what they want to do, but they endorse Democrats in the good work you referenced after Hurricane Harvey, or they're very active right now in City Proposition A which would be the democracy expanding uh, motion of allowing three council members to introduce something to the council agenda um, in our strong mayor system. So I I think that approach um, at at the moment is the is the pragmatic um, and also hopeful approach. Pragmatism can can be hopeful. Um, So I'm I'm sympathetic to the desire for more. And I I wish we had different and better and more hopeful ways to express ourselves. and that that's a very that's a very rough road. And even even our local Democratic Socialist chapter proceeds in the way that that Egberto, you've been talking about. Right. Absolutely. So, sir. Uh, Harry, come on in. Harry, you're on. Good morning. Good morning, uh, my good brother. Morning, How are you doing? Yeah. Good morning, Michael McDonald, um, Senior Willis. Good morning. Buenos dias. To, uh, and good morning to Howard Reynolds. And good morning to Neil Aquino. All you guys are Michael McDonald's because you continue to reason away, as I stated on the show yesterday. That's a song you guys could play uh, right before your show comes on. But to start off, I will say, um, as far as uh, Texas is concerned and the policing and all these other subjects with child care, what Texas is going to have to do is get more progressives elected because, uh, well, you have to wait two years as far as Greg Abbott is concerned because he's not concerned with those matters. He's just concerned for the few. So you got to get a progressive Democrat to defeat him. And then um, the, the Republican legislatures, you're going to have to get, you got to get those people voted out and you got to get progressives voted in so that child care for women can be more sensible and become more of a reality so women don't have to scale back their work. And as far as the policing is concerned, I, you know, I've talked about this with many people. We got to have rubber bullets, get, take, take, get rid of lethal bullets. And as you know, Alberto, both of us being black men, we always get concerned when there are police around because it could end up fatal when it comes to us or even brown skinned people or yellow skinned people. And we just have to get more progressive people in there that care about people. So you wise men continue to reason away. 
Well, thank you, sir. And by the way, I, this is the first time I actually knew you were a black man. So <laughs> you, didn't know, uh, you didn't know I was black, Alberto. Uh, I, I had no I clue. No, I had no clue. <laughs> I'm, I'm a black man. Yeah. All right, no problem, man. Not that hue matters. Not that that pig that that pigmentation matters. Hey, uh, the, you know that's cool. All right. But anyway, thank you, my brother, Harry. Uh, you keep listening, you keep calling and you keep letting us know. OK, brother. I'll keep doing all right and keep having these wise callers. As thank well. you, sir. Have a good one, my brother. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. Please don't wait till the end. We still have about 10 more minutes of calls that we can take. 713-526-5738. Today we have Brother Neil Aquino, what I call a Houston activist extraordinaire. And you know, uh, because he's here in Houston, the things that he does have a value, not a value, but all over the entire uh, country. But anyhow, Neil, uh, continue, my friend. I think there's one other subject that we were talking about before we get another call. 713-526-5738, extension 2. Please call now and don't wait till the end. Go ahead, Neil. Great. And thank you for the kind words from the last caller. The um, This past Friday, I attended an event uh, set up by a group called Save White Oak Bayou in the Heights uh, neighborhood of Houston. And it's the state of Houston wants to expand I-10. You've heard about them expanding I-45. There's always money for freeways, even if there's money for nothing else. And they want to expand I-10 to uh, go over White Oak Bayou and to come into Stude Park, S-T-U-D-E, Stude mm -hmm. Park. And I went to the event, and when uh, one of the persons participating was a member of HISD, Board of Managers, Jeanette Garza-Lindner, and she's known to some because she's the one of the Board of Managers, the one who ran for the school board in 2021. Uh, she says she's a Democrat, um, but, but lost, and then was appointed by the far-right state government, Greg Abbott's Texas Education Agency, um, to be on the Board of Managers. So uh, Ms. Lindner, uh, a citizen of Houston, um, opposed the state coming and messing up the park opposed the expansion of the highway, but at the same time is on the board of managers, which has removed the elected school board, again, at state uh, intervention in the fourth biggest city in the country, a city that just 60 years ago was a Jim Crow city. So it just, it sure seemed like um, an act of hypocrisy to oppose uh, one state takeover and then to support um, another uh, state takeover. And I, I just wanted I wanted to highlight that. And, and that allows us to bring focus again to the board of managers who who sit there in contravention of, of democracy. And that gets to a point you made earlier, Egberto, about and the, the caller earlier who you talked about using uh, HISD facilities or existing school facilities as child care, because one of the great concerns under the new superintendent, F. Mike Miles, who seems to be the boss of the board of managers, is that he's going to get rid of what they term in HISD, the wraparound services, which help kids with uh, with food and with all sorts of social support um, services. So it's all connected. And these attacks on democracy uh, connect to so many aspects of, of things we've been talking about. And um, the the ability for an intelligent individual, Miss uh, Linder is an intelligent individual, um, to have such a stark split 
between taking one role and then standing out there and 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 saying, "Hey, state, don't come and mess with the park here it, in in my." It is a standard behavior of some of these people. In other words, when it benefits us, we will go for the takeover. Or we'll want state control. But when it doesn't benefit us, we don't want it. But what, what's interesting is you notice one thing dealt with humans and the other thing dealt with property. It's amazing, right? Somehow capital mm-hmm. is okay. We don't, you know, leave the capital on its own. Leave the park, the heart, the physical thought. But when it's time to control other people's lives, Oh, we're going to intervene without a problem. It is it is rampant hypocrisy. But again, all of these things have solutions. And it's like we were talking to Lynette about earlier. They all have solutions, but we have to we have to engage. What I tell people all of the times, right, is the way the way our system is organized is the uh, it's controlled by a few, but it's only controlled by a few because the few knows how to use psychology to get folks into believing that they don't have any other recourse. And that is what many, if you, if you go ahead and talk to certain groups, it's like, well, things are never going to change. That is saying that you, you've given up on, on being able to define your future. And that's not the case in America yet. Notice I said right. yet. It's getting there, but yet. What we have to do is do realize that we still have power and that's what they fear. Here's a here's the thing. And this is this. I, I want to bring this up since you talk about freedom. You came talking about freedom today. Um, now that uh, many in our oligarchy or plutocracy, the wealthy, many of the folks are realizing that there are people out there making sure that Americans understand how the system works, that Americans are getting educated. Remember, they don't teach you physics in school anymore by choice. They, I mean, they, they want to make sure you don't understand uh, your rights as a citizen in this country, because here is the deal. Right now, one person, one vote still occurs. A few years ago, several years ago, I wrote this article talk talking about minority rule, how it's instituted. Look, our founders instituted a certain kind of minority rule. How did they do that? Landowners, big states, still, even if they only have 10 people living in that state, they get a full two senators, right? The, the, the person who elects the, 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 the president is the electoral college. So there are mathematical ways in which a minority of people can run the country. Well, guess what? The country is becoming more progressive. So even though even little states get two senators, even those little states are getting more progressive. I mean, Louisiana is becoming more progressive. If you doubt it, look at the laws that they have allowed to pass, including the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. Texas is becoming more progressive. So what do they try to do? They try to restrict the votes of Harris County, uh, El Paso County, Dallas County, because those counties are enough to win elections in Texas. So they try to restrict those counties. Uh, The entire country is becoming more progressive. If you doubt it, Ask the questions and the way people answer it tells you. Forget about using labels. You ask them, they become more progressive. So what does a plutocracy do? What does an oligarchy do when they find out that, guess what? People are becoming more progressive and they're going to ask the questions. Why am I going to work so hard so a few capitalists can take all the profits of my labor? 
I am going and, – and people are realizing all these strikes that you're seeing in Florida, all the strikes that you're seeing in Michigan, all the strikes that you're about to see in Las Vegas, which is one of the subjects we were supposed to cover today. People are striking all over. You know why? People are starting to ask the question, why am I doing it all for somebody else? It's a progressive country, a nascent progressive country. So you know where they went for now? The courts. The courts, the courts, the only non-democratic portion of this country are the courts. So no matter what the people say, we want this policy, that policy, Congress passes it, the president signs it because we now have a majority. The courts can always say, guess what? That's unconstitutional. And even though most of us want it, they can rule by the minority. We can't let that happen. One person, one vote, and repair the damage done by the court. We're, we only have two minutes left now. So before I get back to Neil, I want to go back to the control room and have a little message from both our great guys, uh, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber. Pretty exciting show today. And thank you for everything that you do, Egberto, to bring the truth to light. Now here's some wisdom from Jack. Well, it's not wisdom, maybe a statement. Vote the bullies out. <laughs> Let's give a hand to Brother Jack. Oh, I'm telling you, you what, I'm feeling a soapbox coming on, but I've only got about a minute left. So I'll give let me, oh, come on. I, I, no, 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 no. Give me 30 seconds of your soapbox. I love it. Oh, man. If, if you don't like what's going on and I don't, I am going to go vote them out. Vote them out, people. These rats have to go. Rat, rat, those rats in Austin. Bully rats. Bully rats. Yeah, those bully rats in Austin. They're turning us into Nazi Germany, for heaven's sakes. We've got to vote them out. We've Thank got you. to vote them out. One Thank more you. time. We have to vote them out. There All right, Neil Laquino, give me a closer. Right. And, and as you mentioned, all the strikes, don't forget the great local Starbucks unionization efforts that are going on. Thank um, you. My platform. My platform is the Houston Democracy Project. You can Google Houston Democracy Project. You'll find it. It's at neilaquino.com. Appreciate all the many callers today. And it's super important, um, the, the local focus. There are municipal elections. There's candidates. Eh, some are good. Some are less so. But be, be sure to press them about, uh, you know, do you support democracy? Uh, what side of the police line will you be if they overturn an election? The state thing. And there you have it. Thank you so kindly, folks. Uh, look, and uh, Howard Reynolds, Jack Van Beber in the control room. Thank you so kindly. Neil, thank you for waking up. Neil Aquino from the Democracy Project. Thank you so kindly for waking up early this morning to do the program. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.